Hi, and welcome to the Deep End Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Lasku, and I'm here to share the stories of coaches who are in the deep end, wayfinding through their learning journeys to support the development of others. Yeah, I guess um, we were just in a faculty meeting, if you like, at school, and we were just kind of talking about different topics um, that we could run for one of our year groups. And so it was, you know, there's an element of speed and there's some endurance and um, some agility, those kind of basic um, training principles, if you like. And then it was like there was coordination on there and I was like, Oh, gosh, that's just opening up a can of worms. And so I thought, well, look, I'll reach out to you and see if you had any valuable insights that you could provide, I guess. That's where it kind of yeah, it kind of started. Yeah. And so what was your gut feeling, I guess, about what coordination is? Or I, actually, you know, you, you probably need to separate that nowadays. Like, what do we normally teach about coordination in mm. high school versus what do you believe coordination is? Because I imagine those are quite different. Yeah. So, oh, wow. So it's very much, there's obviously a transfer of skills. Yeah. So if you're, if, you know, like if you're looking at it from, I don't know, a tennis perspective, does mm-hmm. hitting a tennis ball transfer across to hitting a softball to, you know, like striking skills? Does, you know, like, like catching a basketball transfer to catching a cricket ball, those type of things, mm-hmm. um, which is probably true to a fair amount. But then it was like, okay, in regarding, you know, if you were to take a, a student or an athlete and go, well, that that person's really coordinated or might be on the other end of the scale really uncoordinated. And so it was like, okay, if we were to develop coordination, what does that look like? Mm. Or, or what would or how what could that look like? Yeah. Yeah, because I definitely transfer something we speak a lot about at a university level, but never really kind of touched on. I guess it was the domain of the teacher to explore things that have some sort of transfer within the year at the three, you know, the four different terms. But other than that, like we, as a student, you're never really privy to that. Um, Mm. But at the same time, I think it's really curious that like, as you explained it there, you know, can I say someone is coordinated or uncoordinated? Mm. A lot of people probably go straight to physically literate nowadays. Like can they, can they move their body in a way where they can actually go towards a ball? Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, just kind of like, set off a light bulb in my head to go okay what does what is coordination training how would it look how does it look and um how do you develop it Mm. yeah I mean traditionally what would be the approach in school to coordination now like what would you teach or what would the activities be yeah it's generally very sports specific in terms of, you know, you might start off with your basics for, um, you might say hockey. So there's obviously a push, there's a trap, there's a, you know, passing at different angles. So it's not just one dimensional, um, mm-hmm. working on those, working on those skills um, as you progressed and then you increase maybe the complexity. So you might end up adding in one defender almost like a rondo for a football drill or something like that so then you might add in you know large area um just one one defender into Mm. more complex shorter time period to uh, make a decision to where your next pass might go Mm -hmm. 
in the in in a specific sport specific manner so that might be it might be a handball drill for afl it might be a hitting drill for hockey um even with like a game like soft cross those type of things and then because we might traditionally do something like for coordination just might be you know can you throw a ball up against the tennis ball up against the wall throw it catch it with your throw it with your left hand catch it with your right hand catch it with yeah. your right throw it with your right hand catch it with your left hand can you do that slow can you do that fast mm. is that just coordination training and and using the term you like to use exploring those type of things is that mm-hmm. how it might work yeah and i think the sport specific focus is inter- like another layer on that almost because a lot of these things mm. don't necessarily happen in isolation but they do happen across these different contexts, right? There are only so many ways that we can move our body, like degrees of freedom do exist. Um, so that how do we actually make sure that we're using the right amount or at least the the best way possible to get the outcome that we want? Because that's usually what drives our behaviors. Like if we have an outcome, mm-hmm. we're going to kind of yeah. target that with the ways that we can move. And so I see coordination is almost like you're freezing and freeing degrees of freedom. Um, whereas like, if I don't necessarily, is that something that you're familiar with? You're, <laughs> is that something you've heard before? I have heard of it. Please elaborate and take it at a very basic term to refresh my, <laughs> refresh my um, mind. So one of my favorite examples of degrees of freedom is that uh, I don't necessarily need to use every single muscle, every joint, every angle in my arm to do something. If anything, something I need to learn is how many of them do I need to get the outcome that I want. So I can do a lot of things like I can bend every which way with all of my mm-hmm. my arm. If I were to isolate just my arm, I can do a lot with it, but I need to have a task goal if I want to actually achieve something. So if yeah. I want to throw something per se, if I had to start that on my, I, and I've actually gone through this myself, I taught myself to bowl and throw left-handed a long time ago because right. I wanted to remember what it feels like to start from scratch and build up to adaptive technique. And so mm-hmm. even just the act of throwing feels so awkward because the first thing you do is try to use as little of your arm as possible to get the ball where you want it to go. So it's almost like a shot put, like just awkward, like, yeah, because you don't know what to do with your arm. But when I throw my right arm, it's like this big movement. I know exactly what to Mm -hmm. do a million times before. And so Mm -hmm. freezing those degrees of freedom, all the things I can do with my arm, I'm only really using a handful of them because Mm -hmm. I need to have enough control to actually get the thing to where I want it to go. If I'm throwing a ball, I want to be able to throw that ball. And the only way I can do that is by having as little moving parts as possible because I can do what I want with them. And as we get more skilled, as we actually build up those coordination patterns, we get to a point where we can actually use more of those degrees of freedom to do the activity because we've almost like unlocked them as we've pushed the boundaries of what they can do. So now when I throw and when I bowl, it still feels awkward, still looks way awkward compared to my right arm, but it's actually more of an action than it was like that initial kind of shot putty action that yeah, I started. Yeah, right, So you're okay. almost just like, and you can kind of see it in the way that people move, especially so running is a really great example, um, but also like your more specific skills, I guess, like the difference in a hockey strike between like just this little awkward kind of shove of the ball versus mm-hmm. like actually hitting the ball. Yeah. Like you can't get to that point and, most people will start here very awkwardly and then yeah. kind of get better at moving more broadly. Um, but we're almost unlocking the complexity of what we can do with our coordination of our body okay. based on the experiences that we have. Um, and so when that's sport specific, I think we may be like limit transfer, but schools and PE in particular, because you have your different categorizations of what sports are, you have your striking sports, your invasion sports, et cetera. 
I mm-hmm. think better than most, you guys almost like encourage that transferability because you could technically do many, many versions of a striking game. Like what, what game you're playing could be very different, but yep. all of them could be striking sports. So we're yep. leveraging that as much as you can to be like, okay, we're, we're throwing today, but we're throwing a, a softball today. We're throwing a baseball to get today. We're throwing a tennis ball today. See what happens. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> and so with that concept and getting back to looping back if you like to coordination specifically mm. where do you see the transfer of skills from one to one one element to the other when they in terms of so bit. we just spoke a little bit about the hitting or mm. striking mm-hmm. where does that blend in with throwing or jumping or running and is it is that where it comes over to transfer of training and being able to solve that problem to use that term yeah i actually think so there's probably it's easy to see transfer between similar movements right so um the example that we always used in uni was tennis and squash like having a tennis swing isn't going to make you a better squash player might help you hit the ball but squash is very different to tennis because if you swing too far you're going to hit the wall So yeah, there's yeah. different things about, yep. but you, you can still swing a racket, you can still hit a ball, but mm. what you need to do with a squash context compared to a tennis context is very different. So squash, if they move to tennis, they might actually have a, a movement pattern, a coordination pattern that isn't useful for tennis because they're playing in this quite small area, but you actually yep. have so much more room to move now. Um, so you can yep. see that sort of near transfer between sports that are kind of similar, Definitely. but we can also have far transfer as well. And that's a lot harder to predict. So I would like to think, because I've sampled you know, over 15 sports in my lifetime, that I can solve just about any movement problem you put in front of me if you give me enough time to explore it. Because yeah. I have learnt not just to play a sport, but I've learnt to move my body to exploit the problems of many different sports, which is why yeah. we don't want kids to specialise. We wanted, yeah. you know, the whole point between early specialization wasn't just necessarily because the stats don't support it, but it's also because I don't want to just be capable of cricket-specific skills for the rest of my life. What a waste. Like, if I – I think there was a, an advertisement for something where it was, like, that dad walking through the park and a tennis ball rolled over to him and he tried to throw it and it was like, yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't able to – and it was like a physical literacy ad. That uh-huh. that was – I remember seeing that as a kid. I'd be like, I'm never going to be that person who can't – throw a ball, who can't kick a footy, who can't pass mm. an I want to be able to do everything. Yeah. It's quite selfish, but like in me trying to pursue everything, I will at least tackle every problem with, oh, I wonder what I've learned beforehand to be able to do this problem in front of me. Um, and yeah. if we're trying to get to a goal where people can solve as many problems as possible, playing as multiple sports as possible is probably a good way of doing that. But it doesn't have to be the actual sport. It's just kind of the ways that we solve those problems in that sport. So doesn't matter what ball I'm throwing. I still need to learn yeah. what I need to do with that ball first. And the fact that I've thrown many things in my time from javelins and shot puts to baseballs and softballs yeah, means that I can, right. I can kind of work yeah. out what to do with this implement. And it, yep. it doesn't quite matter what the implement is anymore because I've just tried all of them. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's where if you had to throw a tennis ball at a target, and mm. maybe a cricket ball at a target, there's a transfer over, but you're going to know that one's heavier than the other and you're going to have to naturally adjust what you're doing in order to get the result. Yeah, exactly. right. I always yeah. found it really hard to throw like soft cricket balls versus hard ones because they behave differently in the air. They kind mm-hmm. of deform way more. And so we used to throw those like uh, those waffle balls <laughs> when I transferred yeah. to baseball and we had to 
throw those little wiffle balls. I had no idea how to throw it because I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. It's, gonna, it's not even solid. Like, it's not going to go anywhere. I'm like, no, that's the point. Yeah. Like, it's not supposed yeah. to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. they can. Like, but that's not the point. Okay. Where does speed come into coordination, like doing things faster or slower? Oh, so such a big question. I think Is it depends. It? Um, like, so every time you do something, obviously you get more familiar with that. So it's easier to do it again. And we call yep. those like attractor states, right? Every time I try to do something and if I do it the exact same way or similar ways, that becomes so familiar that I do it by default. Speed comes into it when we have the intention of doing it quickly. And we have like something that shows you that you've done it quickly. So I have this argument about fast bowling all of the time because okay. we don't often talk to kids about bowling as fast as you can because they've right. never really had to. You have to be accurate. You have to make sure you get the ball yeah. on the pitch, which is absolutely like important things. But then mm -hmm. we forget to explore the other end of that, which how fast can you actually move your body? How fast yeah. can you throw this implement? How much momentum can you generate? And so I think speed is actually the efficiency of our coordination patterns, but also yep. the application of doing something quickly. So we can have a really efficient movement pattern, but unless I'm trying to go fast, I'm probably not going to move very quickly. There's a big yeah. difference between what makes a good sprinter versus mm -hmm. what makes a good runner in general, because all of their coordination patterns around, I want to get there as fast as I can. Or not even yeah. that, I want to generate as much force that way as possible every time i touch the ground it's not even about how quick the time is but actually every step of the way yeah yeah when you use the term explore and if you've got a, a training week or a training session how much time are you dedicating to explore personally i move to like yeah. as much as possible nowadays purely okay. because people don't have the time to do it elsewhere like i spent so yeah. much time as a kid just exploring stuff like how yep. can i do this in a different way um so when i personally coach kids nowadays i kind of gauge how much exploring they do just day to day um mm -hmm. or whether or not they just do something the same way over and over again or if they've ever tried something different and if the answer yep. is no like this is just the way i do it then i kind of dedicate more time to exploring but i do think when we frame it as like there are so many problems movement problems in this world to solve how many mm -hmm. can you solve and how many ways can you solve them? That becomes the premise of literally everything I do. Um, okay. So for me, exploring is weighted very highly because I don't have to assess whether or not they're coordinated with an A, B, C, D grade at the end of a semester. Mm. Like, I need them to feel like exploring is a good thing so that beyond me, they're encouraged to keep exploring because the second you yep. stop is the second you stop to actually get better at something. And they need yep. that driven exploration when I'm not there to kind of support them because I know that yep. not everyone coaches the way I do so I'm geared quite heavily towards exploration but that's just personally because I think it's one of the things that we're missing I guess in, in our day-to-day -day lives and in general in sport so I I make sure that at the very least they get it from me yeah where does where does explore kind of start and correct technique begin <laughs> You know what I mean on a continuum. Yeah. So yeah. You, I, I'm all for what you're saying about, you know, like if you've got a grade seven or grade eight kid and it's like, okay, well, here's, we're doing striking today mm. and it's like, see how diff, how you can manipulate the racket in a different way. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 not that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Or is, yeah. is, is, is there a model of what you're trying to do to get them to 
you know, like step forward on their left foot and swing that swing the racket with their right hand if they're hitting a forehand or you know mm. what I mean in regards yeah. to to technique. Where does that all sit with you? So to me, I don't think there is a correct technique. I think there's a functional mm-hmm. and a beneficial technique. So if someone okay. is probably exploring in a way that isn't helping them solve the problem, either I haven't picked a very good problem for them to solve. But I would like to think, especially as an educator and as a sports coach, we kind of know what the sports problems are, so we can kind of recreate mm-hmm. them in our training environments. But if they, so if it's not functional, it means they're not solving the problem. They can't get a win. They're not being successful. Those yeah. are things that we can easily see and measure. And so when I get to that point, if someone is not succeeding enough to kind of just get to the point where they're having fun, then it's about, okay, how else can, then I'll kind of turn my eye to what they're doing with their coordination to be like, is there something that's maybe stopping them from getting yeah. to a successful outcome? Um, oh, so in that, in okay. that example, if someone's using the wrong foot to hit a, a forehand, I mean, mm-hmm. okay, you're, you're in this position here and almost like I, I very rarely demonstrate, but I'll sometimes mm-hmm. model to show them what they look like or maybe film them more than anything else. Like, okay, this is what this looks like. Yep. What's happening? Oh, I'm not hitting the ball where I want it to go. Or I'm, you know, slight, it's going over there instead of over there where I wanted to. Cool, mm-hmm. okay. What's happening with your body right now? Oh, my, you know, my arm's here, my foot's here, etc. Cool. Is there another way that you can try this to get the ball over there? I guess I could move my arm or I could move my foot. Yeah. Already they're one step closer to being functional. Yeah. And we we obviously there are definitely things about a sport that are more functional than others, and we can mm. pick out the glaringly obvious things. But yeah. other than the glaringly obvious, I try not to touch too much what their coordination is because I'll set a task that forces a functional technique. Uh, so that's just manipulating the task from a coaching perspective rather than trying to change the yeah right yeah, yeah. okay yeah. So I always I always assume it's me. <laughs> I always assume whether or not like I have set the right, have I given the right instructions? Have I set the right kind of problem? Do they feel like it's a realistic problem to what they would normally face on game day? And then yeah. I'll go back to the person and be like, okay, if all of those things are right, then what is it about the way this person is moving that's maybe limiting them from being able to do the thing that I've set in front of them? Um, and for the most part, I'll see what they come up with first before I try to think that there should be a way to do it, because chances are what they need in that moment, I can't physically do because we're not the same person. So I try to use them as much as possible, even if it's just like, does this feel funny? Yes or no? I think a a question that um, Ross Pinder likes to ask is like, is this closer to what you wanted to do? Like, is this closer to your goal? Okay. Yeah. You want that you want them to start thinking about solving the problem themselves rather than you giving them the problem of or you're giving yeah. them the answer. Yeah. 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 I like to see myself as a problem setter where possible. Yeah. And I give you the right moments to to explore. Um a moment that you'd find yourself in. Maybe maybe once, maybe a million times in a game. You never really know. But there are common common problems to solve. It's my job to bring them to you at training. Yeah, and I guess from a teaching perspective, you're really checking for understanding when you ask those questions, aren't you? You're actually Absolutely. assessing them as you're going along with, yeah. with asking the questions. I think yeah. that's probably something we've missed around, like just not being able to physically do it yet, especially when you're on such a time constraint, right? Like learning being as nonlinear as it is, it's really hard to just say like, oh, that person can't physically do it, therefore they fail. Like, well, really, maybe they do understand it. They just haven't found a way to apply themselves yet. Does that really mean they haven't learned anything? Like that's a pretty harsh sort of way to, to draw a line. Um, so yeah. I, if I was so lucky with some money of my educators. Like, yes, 
I'm quite physically literate. I was, you know, I've been playing cricket since I was in a hallway as a three-year-old, but like, mm-hmm. so that made it really easy for me to adapt. But for the kids who couldn't physically do things, they could just be like, okay, well, this is what I would do to improve. Here's how I would go about that. Like if I, if I could move my body, <laughs> I would, mm-hmm. I just haven't worked it out yet. But I do understand the concept of if I were to train somebody else to do so, or if I was to set myself a training session, this is how I would go about developing those skills. And to me, that's, that's equal parts learning. If anything, I'd, yeah. I'd weight the understanding, but like the knowledge more heavily than the, the application of it sometimes, because some people are just gifted genetically of being able to move their body well. Mm. So you got a, uh, we'll just pick a teenager who's growing, exposed mm-hmm. maybe to a new sport or a different sport or a different move that they can't do for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And it's like, you know, the coach might come to you or a teacher might you know, see a, a student in front of them, it's like, oh, wow, we need to develop some coordination here because they're not being able to get what I might move. It might be a pivot in basketball. It might be yeah. a bowling throw. It might be a running technique. It might be a jumping. What's your answer to a coach or a teacher that might ask you that question? About a specific sort of coordination moment? That they're yeah, trying to get yeah. I would look at the problem they're setting first. So I was like, if you want someone to be able to jump, for instance, like, what mm-hmm. are you asking? Are you just saying, like, run up and jump? Is, is that it? Like, yeah. is it just, you know, here is a board. Like, if we want to simulate a long jump, here's the board, here's the pit, go. If that's the problem that you're trying to solve, if you're trying to get someone to jump, then I would find as many ways as possible to recreate that jump, but in slightly different contexts. So can I put other obstacles that they jump over can i reward them for how far they jump can i then you know make it into a competition somehow can i use other types of jumping to kind of get them thinking about jumping so if we have this sort of like coordination pattern that we want people to be able to use can i then design so many different contexts for them to use them and see which ones transfer because we don't really know there is absolutely no rule book on like if i jump in this way i'll jump further that way like we yep. can use kind of movement jumps, et cetera, but I can hide those in different things. Can we play leapfrog? Can yep. I set up an obstacle course and see if you can jump from one plank to another? Like, can yep. I find so many different ways? Like, it's not necessarily just asking the, the learner themselves whether or not they can do it. It's can I expose them to as many different ways to do it as possible and see what they take up with? Yeah, and if we're not right. quite getting, it's almost like everything we do with a learner, we have to do with ourselves as coaches. Like if they're not solving the functional problem that we've set them, then my first thought is like, is it a dysfunctional problem? Like, have I just not set the right problem? And then I kind of go to the athlete and be like, hey, what are you doing to try and work this one out? Like, talk me through it. Like, what's happening? Um, and that's always been quite a, a logical process for me. Like, I always thought that was probably the way that I wanted to coach, much mm. to the detriment of all the people who coach me. But even just that process of like, okay, here is here is my one moment, but there are so many sort of like adjacent moments that I could use as well to strengthen this one thing. Yeah. How can I do it? It's my job to set those problems. As much as it is, is to ask them, hey, how many ways can you do this? Yeah, right. Yeah, fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, right. There's no straight answers with me, as you'll learn very quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, it just opens up a can of worms, not a can of worms, but it's like, oh, wow, okay, I can take it there, I can take it mm. there, you know, it just opens up so many different possibilities. Yeah. Is, is there anything in your practice that you've used that's kind of similar to that or maybe the opposite of that? Let me think. I can't think of an example off the top of my head. 
No, I think um, to use that example, there's a lot of a lot of different um, activities around games and play. Mm. You know, like at, at lunch mm-hmm. times, you're always seeing the kids. You know, they'll they'll do different shots at basketball, and you're like, <laughs> oh wow, I never thought of that. Or yeah. different ways of throwing a ball. You know, they'll just be stupid. Mm. And it's like they'll just throw the ball back. It's like I never even thought about you could throw a ball that way, but that's what they do, right? They, it's almost yeah. like, like like skateboarding. They just come up with tricks sometimes, and it's like, how did you do that? You know, that was just incredible. You just don't even think about it. So mm. I think sometimes you can maybe teach teach that sort of that those types of things out of them. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not thinking about it now and I look back at like Glenn Maxwell making that the, that hundred and it was like did you get taught how to do that or did that just come from instinct or what happened yeah I think it's and it's been a perfect example I think I haven't gone a week where I haven't actually thought about that or, or heard it in conversation I think for the most part it was in spite of all of the yeah rather than because of it. But at the same time, I think the higher that you go, the more you start to realise that if my boundary is here, I need to be here to get selected again. Or I need to be here to make sure that I can maintain my position. So here's everything Mm. I know. Here's the next level of my game. And that's literally Mm. what they're employed to do is to to find that next level again and again. Like they find gears that didn't even exist when they started. And that's what happens when you have an entire system in place to kind of push those boundaries. But we Mm -hmm. forget that you don't have to have all the state-of-the-art facilities in the world and you don't have to have the perfect coaches. We just need someone who's going to believe in me enough when I miss that goal to keep mm-hmm. pushing me to be like, oh, but what else can you do? Like, what yeah, is, yeah. what what can't you do? Like, that's my one of my favourite questions recently is what can't you do? Um, so that we're always kind of pushing towards because you really never know what someone's going to come up with. And as long as it's yeah. functional, as long as it solves the problem, whatever your problem is in that sport or that game, then realistically, who's to stop you from trying to use it? Unless it is unsafe, yeah. like physically unsafe and about to cause injury, try it and yep. see what happens. And if it doesn't work, chances are people will stop exploring in that direction anyway. So success mm-hmm. is one of those things that we can absolutely design into to encourage exploration or to discourage going off in a direction that isn't going to be useful if we're worried about someone hurting themselves or if you mm-hmm. don't think it's close enough to what the objective is. But I, yeah. I love being able to let people surprise me with what they can do. Oh, yeah. So it works as a double-edged sword sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, what did you do that for? But, yeah, at the same time, it's like, oh, wow. Do you think that people are suited for, to a particular technique at all or is it just free play for you? Do you know? Like, yeah. um, and I don't know if it's a particular bowling technique or batting technique or hitting technique is is there a tech is there a technique that body types or anything like that that you notice suit more than more different than others yeah i definitely so it's probably worth defining here that to me a coordination mm-hmm. pattern is technique and then yep. a skill is the application of that technique in functional and beneficial ways so like yep. for me when i say technique and coordination pattern i actually use those interchangeably yeah. um which is an important distinction. But for me, I think there are definitely um, movements that suit us better. Um, And we're going to gravitate towards those to solve problems. So we had a a big problem in cricket 
um, probably about almost 10 years ago now, actually, when Elise Perry was coming through and she had one of these, mm-hmm. like, really refined, fast bowling actions that mm-hmm. just looked amazing. And it was repeatable yeah. and she hadn't really had any injuries and everyone's like, yeah. wow, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's our optimal pattern for a female mm-hmm. fast bowler. And so they tried to shove every kid that came through the pathway after her into that fast bowling technique down yeah. to the angles that they were working on. And they mm-hmm. started to realize that, oh, wait, what do you mean this person who is a foot shorter than Elise Perry can't do the exact same movement she can? Oh, I'm just going to try and do it anyway until they eventually quit the sport. So, like, even those, like, there are so many things about who we are and what we do, not just physically as well, but our experiences, our culture, our, the way we yep. interact with other people that, mm-hmm. you know, preclude us from using particular things or open us up to things that nobody else can do. And so yeah. trying to find what those things are and encouraging people within reason. I mean, you are still running a classroom. It's not going to be a zoo. But yeah. realistically, trying to see what those boundaries are and how far they can push them. It's kind of what we hope people to be able to do in their own time, too. And if they take nothing else away from sport, then I'm capable of things I didn't know was possible. That's yeah. been a pretty important life lesson to get out of moving your body. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think to me, we're definitely going to have preferences and it's, it's almost like we don't want to go against the grain of what people do as long as it's not hurting them, but we still want them to be successful. So if we find something in the way that they move that is making them unsuccessful, we want to shift them back towards something that will help them achieve their goals. It doesn't have to be exactly what I think it is, but I do want to make them closer to something that will help them find success. Fascinating. The same thing happens with, um, Elite golfers, actually, where they, whoever's either the successful player of the day or the week or the year, and, you know, like we have to swing like this person or we have to jump like this person in athletics or run like this person. It's almost like, well, who's flavor of the month? And let's develop our whole training system around, um, yeah, who that's going to be. But that that was, um, yeah, really insightful. Thank you. Cool. It's easy to do, right? It's easy to pin someone up on the wall. I mean, like I'm sitting behind a wall of legends behind mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. like it's easy to pin someone up and be like, okay, let's just everybody follow this because it's clear. You can error correct quite easily. It just means that you are, you have a benchmark and you're working towards that benchmark. Whereas this kind of more nonlinear approach is so much messier because your benchmark yeah, is whatever that person in front of you can do. And if you yeah. have 25 kids in a classroom, if I have 10 kids in a squad, like it makes yep. it really difficult because those benchmarks are constantly changing. Mm. And for me, it's I have the privilege of not having to zone in on those because I'm not looking for a 1% increase in performance in children. Yep. I'm looking yep. for a way that that's going to make them want to come back to training next week. Or I'm yeah. listening out for how much they're giggling during a training session yep. to see whether yep. or not they're having fun. But yep. I don't have to grade them at the end of the day. So yeah, and- it's, I'm quite lucky in that that granular approach doesn't really apply to me because yeah. to to people in front of me it means nothing. Yeah, it's um it's an interesting way where you you look at um coordination or you look at technique and you go, is there an ideal technique? Is there an mm-hmm. ideal coordination? Is there an ideal way? Or that's how you do it. That's okay. Keep on going. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's why success, like having knowing what success is or having a an intentional task goal, um, means makes it really easy. So you can see whether or not the only time you really have to pay attention to whether or not that coordination pattern is working or not is when they're not getting just enough success to keep pushing them. So we find that like seven out of ten is a great number. 
And tennis is yeah. a perfect example of that. How many times can you serve the ball to be in the box yeah. out of 10? And then if yep. it's too low, now I'll pay attention to the way you're moving. But if it's and if it's too high, I'll find you something harder to do. But otherwise, I don't actually need to look at the way they're moving yet until it's dysfunctional. Yeah, fascinating. It's an interesting way of tra- training. Mm. You know, like okay, like looking at the task success rate, and okay, that's too easy. Oh no, 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 that's too hard. And manipulating it as you go, so you almost need to have a um an idea about what you're trying to work on but then the task Mm. gets manipulated relative to how you're going at the time yeah it's something Mm. we're trying to teach our sort of coordinators who run like your five to 12 year old program so you're in like into cricket now nowadays it's called cricket blast but um the hardest part has been like you know making it easier or making it harder because we don't want to just clump kids by age anymore there are kids who are seven years old and have played more cricket than the 12 year old just because yeah. you know, it's, it's backyard, it's expected yep. of them to be able to swing a bat. And so we're yep. trying to get people away from the easy option of just grouping by age and having yep. little things that they can use to assess how to group kids together by skill. And yep. um, one of the biggest things was, oh, how do I know it's too easy or too hard? I'm like, well, usually yep. the kid doing cartwheels out the back, probably too easy for them. <laughs> now yeah. they say that's extreme. Like, well, what about the kid who kind of flies under the radar? I was like, yep. well, then just go up and ask them how many times have you hit the stumps in the last couple of minutes? Oh, I've hit every single one of them. Awesome. I'm going to make it harder. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a stump out. And they're like, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so we try yeah, to encourage it's, people it's to an, have like equipment ready at the side so that you can actually yeah. like, do I need to take something away to make it harder? Do I need to add something in to make it easier? You should always have almost like a, a literal kit bag on the sidelines to be like, I can use anything in here to make this easier or harder, just depending on what they need right now. Yeah, and it's a hard thing for PE teachers to be able to do as well. Mm. You know, like you might have whoever it might be, and you might have two or three, male and or female, doing yeah. hockey. And yeah. you've got some people who have probably never picked up a hockey stick, wouldn't even have a clue what the game looks like, mm. versus someone who might be, a, you know, might play a really high-level club and yeah. you might have a state player or whatever, and it's like, oh, geez, this is going to be, you know. So you could almost argue about having um, not, I don't know what the correct term is off the top of my head, but, you know, like a seeded class group for year for for different activities for, mm-hmm. for different things, trying to have them together where you um, are trying to challenge everyone when you've got 25 of them can be pretty difficult for sure. Oh, yeah. And I, especially when you're doing class schedules as well. Like, yes, it's all nice to be like, hey, we could yeah, run someone yeah. through a, a yeah. fun little like transfer test, right? Yeah. Let's get every yeah. kid who wants to do like year eight, you know, PE. Here are the four mm-hmm. sports. Can we do like the four sports as a mini carnival to see yeah. if we can group people by the, their level of coordination or skill? And then we have yeah. those as classes. But at the same time, there's so much benefit from having that state rep in a class of kids who can barely hold a stick 100%. so why yeah, would you 100%. take them away from that so it's, yeah. a, it's a very sort of a melting pot i guess like he is one of those perfect storms where oh. you know you don't necessarily want to be able to only group people by what they're capable of right now because you yeah. know just one conversation with the kid who plays for a state rep team might be enough to be like okay well i've never thought of it like that okay let's try it so I always try to have like dual roles for everyone in my mind, depending on yep. how it's going. So yep. I'll often have like, you know, mini assistant coaches and things like that if they're too yeah, bored. Yeah, no, definitely. But, yeah. 
Jim, show, show, the, show, show everyone how this might work, or do you have a drill, an exercise that you might think would yeah, work, or what you like to do on there? They like getting up and showing and demonstrating and all those sort of yeah. types of things as well. No, so it's fascinating. That or cool. I try to send things on the they can't do. Can you do that? You know, opposite handed. Can you do that? You know, yeah, what's yeah, a yeah. challenge mode? Okay, mm. this kid thinks he's really good. All right, class. Uh, let's come up with a challenge that they can't do. Let's see how hard we can push this to see what they're capable of. So they get challenged too, but maybe in ways that I never would have thought of as an educator or a coach. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to name our podcast episode flavor of the month. Oh, uh, yeah, we can we can do that. Yeah, it's it's just fascinating <laughs> because. Um, you know, whoever wins, whoever wins, people are mm. generally attracted to that particular way for the next however long, you know, mm-hmm. like they all of a sudden forget who they are, forget everything that they've done before. And it's like, we have to play this sport this way. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's a copycat kind of, you know, like the mm. NBA is a copycat league or golf's you know, like you got to swing it this way, you know, you, you know, like different sports, jump on the bandwagon and just go, what one week, that's the, that's what they're doing. We have to do it. Yeah. It's mm. really I think it's even easier now because there's a plethora of videos that you can analyze and you go on TikTok, like you end up on sport TikTok. There's so many activities and drills. Like you don't even have to think anymore. You can just like, how I say that. We have an entire app worth of activities where you don't even have to think about a session plan anymore. You can just pick, I want to focus on scoring runs, like scoring singles today. Here's three activities that I can do to score singles. I don't have to come up with those activities at all. I can yeah. just plug them from an app, give people a video of how to do the activity. They can go up and yeah. set the activity themselves. And we talk about, you know, worrying about coaches feeling redundant. Like we've done all that work and still people don't use it. It's fascinating. I I have no idea where the roadblock is, but it is kind of funny to think that we're more willing to jump on something from, you know, when we see someone else do it instead of paying attention to the people in front of us. And yeah, yep. that's a, I feel like that's a self-awareness thing. Like um, I always come back to like, I'm here to help that person over there. Mm-hmm. So what, what so is the, that? the devil's in the detail, right? Is mm. that where it is a lot of the time? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that, and it like, it's never, it's never just one thing like nothing happens in isolation is something that I say a lot because like Mm -hmm. it's never even just the kid in front of you as well it's like how was their day at school (laughs) I had kids come after a math test once on a Wednesday afternoon and just like I think it was a catching challenge or something like that where they had to come up Mm -hmm. with funny ways to catch the ball they were eight-year-old girls and um, someone tried one where you had to like you know catch it between your legs or you had to catch it with your eyes closed and see how you could do it and it was just like that much too hard for this kid who just had a really hard math test that she just burst yeah. out into tears. I was like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Mm, First of all, yeah. I don't like children. Despite being a sports coach, I do not <laughs> like let alone crying children. Oh, yeah, so that, so was, that was the day I came up with a challenge meter to be like, OK, who's ready to be challenged today and who just wants to take yep. it easy? And I can at yeah, least look at the majority yeah. and be like, OK, there's one yep. kid who is just not ready to be challenged. I'm going to yep. try and find out who, who that is and I'm going to look after yep. them without them even knowing. They just had to mm-hmm. anonymously tell me that today is not the day, Miss. Like, not today. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> All right, mate. It's my uh, daughter's birthday, so I'm going to have to run off. Yeah, by the way. Yeah. No, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. You've been very helpful. No, likewise. Well, um, I've 
probably learnt just as much from you and talking about it as you have from me. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, and I'll um, I remembered I forgot to send through that Adam Gorman um little thing that I mentioned in the email. Yeah, That's so. Great. I was coaching a thrower, and I can't remember. I used to coach a um, cerebral palsy thrower mm. um, for shot put, but I can't remember. At the same time, I was coaching an abled body athlete who was having a bit of trouble with, you know, trying to a different, trying to get them to do something, and it was like I'm having problems with this. And I, I used to know, okay, right, if I go to Adam on Monday and have a quick little chat, if I come back on Thursday. He'll be able to give me the answer that I want. Give him time to <laughs> mull it over. And, yeah. yeah, and you know, like, and so it was almost a whiteboard of different coaching cues or different activities. And it's like, okay, here's thirty. What ones could work? Yeah. And it was like, oh wow, it was something like that. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. That's so, um, because some techniques, some applications might resonate with some coaches and some might not right so yeah. if you just give them two they'll be like oh no that's not good but if you give them 10 oh that'd fit in brilliant yeah away you go yeah it's yeah. like the last one on the list sometimes too you're like oh this is a bit rogue but i'll throw this one in and like that's the yeah. one you needed like, <laughs> yeah yeah getting them try and getting them to throw uphill oh i never thought about it that way or try getting them to throw downhill or sideways it's like that's exactly what I need. And then you go and do it. Oh, they're a genius. You know what I mean? It was stuff yeah. like that, that just thinking outside the box stuff that you kind of get stuck in your lane mm. with how the how things are supposed to go, how things are supposed to be taught, how things are supposed to be coached. And, oh, wow, I never thought you could do that. But someone mm. comes in and goes, solve this problem for me. Yeah, it was fascinating. Fascinating. So yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. I look forward to seeing that. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right. Cool. Got to go. Nice speaking to you again. Likewise. See ya. Okay. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Deep End podcast. I hope this episode has left you with more questions than answers. Keep treading water in that deep end. We need coaches like you in this world. Mm -hmm.